Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney Wishes Bride Amanda Sacco about her wedding at Walt Disney World. And I thought you guys would be interested to hear about the locations she chose and the options she chose and how she planned everything and, of course, how everything turned out. So welcome, Amanda. Thank you, Carrie. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I always like to start at the very beginning and find out how you guys decided you wanted to have a wishes wedding at Walt Disney World. I'm one of those brides that needed to be convinced of a Disney wedding. It's not something I've been wanting to do forever or anything like that. It was actually sort of Michael's idea. He had been sort of asking me if I wanted to get married at Disney for the past six years since the first time he went because he saw how excited I was every time we went to Disney and he would say oh you're totally gonna get married here and I would go no that's sort of crazy and um, we went to a friend's wedding there and after that he said you know do you want to get married at Disney yet and I was like yeah no it's not my thing We got engaged there, and I said I didn't want to get married there. And then after that, it took about a year after we got engaged before I was 100% on board with a Disney wedding. I realized that financially we could do it, and we went down for a visit, and I was like, of course I'm getting married here. Where else would I get married? So it took a while, but yeah. That's interesting because I also, when I first heard about Disney weddings, I had those reactions that so many people do like, oh, it's going to be all crazy princess stuff. And right. you know, is that what it was for you or more that you thought you couldn't afford it? or Both of those things. I, th- I knew that I didn't want to have a big wedding. I kind of always envisioned getting married in Las Vegas or somewhere, you know, just eloping somewhere. And um I always thought of Disney as being like a a big princessy type of wedding that costs a lot of money. And, um, you know, I was super pleased to find out that it doesn't, while it certainly can be that, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be. And, you know, we could have exactly what we wanted and have it be completely different from the way I kind of had envisioned what a Disney wedding would be. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. So then once you were on board, how did you guys decide on your ceremony and reception venues? We both looked at pictures online of the different locations. We knew right away neither of us wanted um, a ballroom or really any indoor locations. There were a few that we were kind of going back and forth on, but we kind of thought an outdoor location and we sat down and kind of wrote down our top three choices for ceremony and reception and then kind of compared the list. So for the ceremony, we both had Seabreeze Point on there. So that's what we chose for our ceremony. And then for the reception, we knew we wanted something where we wouldn't have to worry about transportation from the ceremony to the reception. So we went back and forth for a little while between Atlantic Dance Hall and the Yacht Club Marina. 
And eventually we decided on the Yacht Club Marina because the Atlantic Dance Hall has that extra $500 venue fee that we thought we could use somewhere else. So ultimately, that's why we went with the marina. That's an interesting choice. You know, I don't think a lot of people know you can do events there. Did your planner bring it up or had you seen some of the other weddings there? No, I saw pictures of it. I think on your travel babble actually was the first place where I saw pictures and I thought, well, that kind of looks cool. I think the pictures that we saw, they had a bunch of lounge furniture out there, which I thought looked super cool because I knew we wanted to be sort of on the casual side. And um, I just thought the whole look of it was really cool. And, you know, we like that whole that, you know, that outside of Epcot area, the Crescent Lake area. So that's kind of I was like, oh, the marina I had never thought about that before. And just thought it it looked like it would be a really great location. And it was we loved it. That's awesome. Did your reception happen to tie in where you could see some of the high fireworks from illuminations? We were a brunch. So it was it was during the day. So no, no fireworks. But we were there the night before we spent the night at the yacht club the night before the wedding. And we were actually over at the boardwalk the evening before and we were able to watch illuminations from over on that side. So that was really nice. Oh, that's great. So then how did your friends and family react when they found out where your wedding was going to be? Pretty much everyone was on board. I think my mom kind of wasn't convinced until the wedding itself, which I've heard a lot of brides talk about. I think my mom thought it was going to be like a kid's birthday party and just not elegant or, you know, just a little too cartoony or kidsy. But she was the first person after the wedding who was like, it was wonderful. Everything was beautiful. But I think she was the only one who kind of wasn't convinced in the beginning. Everyone else seemed to be pretty on board with it. That's great. How many guests did you have? We invited around 70 people and we had with kids about 45. Okay. All right. That's a good manageable group. Yeah. So did you guys have a theme or colors and how did you incorporate that into your events? We wanted a casual brunch with some tiki elements. We both really love Trader Sam's and the Polynesian. So that's kind of what we were envisioning. It turned out that Disney had kind of a hard time finding tiki items. Really? Um, Yeah, which was really somewhat disappointing and sort of surprising. So it did skew a little more tropical than tiki, which everything was beautiful and we loved it. I personally wanted some more skulls and shrunken heads than we had (laughs) but (laughs) but it was um you know definitely more tropical flowers we did the bamboo chairs at the reception and they were able to do they used a lot of pineapples in our decor and just lots and lots of really colorful flowers tropical flowers lots of tropical greens so yeah when we first asked I guess there's a big warehouse where the floral department is able to get a bunch of decor. And Heather went over there and said they didn't really have any tiki items. So they had to go through one of the entertainment departments. And they were able to find a a handful of um, tiki statues. And some. um, what we wound up going with was a set of four tiki high boys that we used for, we used it as our card table and our present table. And we were going to use one as like our cake table, but I think it was too small because it was just a high boy. 
so they used them for a few other things around our reception, but those were the only tiki things they were really able to find. I thought, you know, I'm like, you guys did such a great job with Trader Sam's, like, make it look like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, they didn't have a lot to go on. And, and um, I was really surprised by that. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So you guys did something unique for your unity ceremony. You had a volcano instead of a candle or a sand service. How did you do that? I, I didn't think they were going to let us do it, but we did a kind of just a, a science fair <laughs> volcano. My dad made a paper mache volcano out of chicken wire and paper mache, and we filled it with some baking soda that I had colored with orange, uh, yellow, and red food coloring, and we poured vinegar in it, and it bubbled up, and <laughs> we did that for our unity ceremony, which totally threw uh, Rev Kev off guard when we told him we were doing that, but everybody seemed to like it, and it looked really cool, and it kind of was our way to bring in a little bit of our own kind of tiki decor to the wedding, it was one thing we were allowed to bring in, even though we had an outdoor ceremony. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you have any tips for anyone who wants to do this? Because like, what are the proportions so you don't have so much lava coming out that it gets on your shoes or whatever? Yeah, we. I was a little bit worried about that. What we did was pre-filled the volcano with the baking soda mixture and had two Erlenmeyer flasks with vinegar in them. And we both just poured until it started bubbling and then stopped. So that was enough to get it to the top of the volcano to come out and start flowing down the sides, but not enough to send it, you know, off the table and into the crowd and onto everyone's shoes. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. So can you give me a timeline of how your day ran? Sure. Hair and makeup came for me at 5 a.m., and my mom was the only other person getting anything done. She had her hair done after me. We had breakfast brought into our room around 6. And Michael got ready in the room. He left around 7. We had friends staying right next door. So he left around 7 so I could get ready. And I, it really didn't take me long to get ready. It took about 15 minutes. And I went down to the lobby to meet with our planner and get my bouquet. And then Michael and I had our first look out by the lighthouse we did pictures around the Yacht Club until around 8 o'clock. Then we went over to the boardwalk for pictures. Our guests started arriving around 9.30. So they split Michael and I up and sort of hid my dad and I off somewhere while our guests were going through the boardwalk out to Seabreeze Point. And our ceremony was at 10. After the ceremony, we took some family pictures out at Seabreeze Point, And then our guests headed over to the marina. Michael and I took a few more pictures over on the boardwalk as we were making our way over to the reception. And then our reception ended around two. We took a quick nap and then we went over to the Magic Kingdom around six o'clock for Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. Oh, that's neat. Did you meet up with other guests or? We did. We invited everybody to come with us and we had about half of our guests come. That's great. Yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> okay, that's a good idea. And then since your, your reception was outdoors, on the water, in the daytime, did you have to rent umbrellas or how did you set it up? I had originally asked about the lounge furniture because I had seen it in the pictures, but it wound up costing a lot more than I wanted to spend, so we scrapped it. 
But what they wound up doing, because it was getting warm, is they brought out umbrellas and put them up around um, all the tables for us. So I don't know if that's sort of standard for them to do, if it is a warm day. It wasn't outrageously hot, but it was pretty warm in the sun. So they just brought out umbrellas. And by the time we got there, all the umbrellas were set up and... um, it made it far more comfortable because it wasn't humid in the shade. It was really, really nice, but it was hot if you were standing right out in the in the sun. Okay. And were you able to have your cake displayed the whole time or did they keep that to the last? Our cake came, um, our cake was not a Disney cake. We had outside cake because we're both vegan and we got our cake from Erin McKenna's Bakery and they use a coconut oil base. So we knew that our cake needed to sort of be out and then be brought right back in to just out of the, the the sunlight. It needed to go into our room or back into the kitchen or wherever. So they brought it out. We cut it, we ate it, <laughs> and then we did cupcakes as well. So I could see the cupcakes melting. Mm. So I immediately <laughs> ran over and started boxing them up. And we were, me and a friend and Michael and our planner were running them into our room because we had a room directly on the marina. And, you know, we were putting them in there, getting them into our fridge so that they wouldn't completely melt. And if people wanted more, we were just sending them into our room to go get them. That's another interesting aspect. I know that there have been times when people have to have Disney make them, you know, a gluten-free cake or whatever. Did Disney just say, we can't do vegan, you need to work with Erin McKenna's? Or how did that work? Yeah, they basically said, we can't do a vegan cake, you're on your own. Hmm. Um, They didn't offer us Erin McKenna's. And I know of at least one other bride who Disney said, we can't do a cake, but here's Erin McKenna's information. So we were never offered Aaron McKenna's as an option, but I knew of it. So I knew to start, you know, I, I put them on the list of places where we could potentially get a cake. And we had contacted a couple other places in the Orlando area and ultimately went with Aaron McKenna's, but it wasn't through Disney at all. That's interesting because they generally prohibit you from having an outside vendor, but I guess they made an exception because they simply could not offer what you needed. Yeah, and I know for there was one other place that we were looking at pretty seriously, and they had started the approval process of of getting them to be approved vendors. So I, I don't know if that's something that has to be done. I guess that does have to be done. If, if you're getting something from someone who is not an approved vendor, then they can potentially approve that. But I think that had to go through... The Yacht Club Kitchen was the one who needed to do that. But our planner was in the process of setting all that up when we ultimately decided not to go with that place. And then I guess they've already approved Erin McKenna's, so we didn't have to, there were no extra steps to go through them. Okay, this is interesting stuff. So then what were the most and least important aspects of your wedding when you were focusing your attention and budget? The most important thing was we wanted people to have a good time. So whatever we needed to do to make that happen, that was the most important thing. Then the food had to be good. Um, Like I said, we were both vegan and we knew that at least for some family members, this might be the first time that they were eating 
a bunch of vegan food and we didn't want it to be like, oh, this is so gross. We went to this terrible vegan wedding <laughs> at Disney and it was terrible and we hated everything. So we needed to make sure the food was really good. And it was Chef Oscar and the team at the Yacht Club just did a fantastic job with veganizing things that were already on the menus that Disney had sent over. And then they also sort of made up a couple things for us that were awesome. And everybody seemed to really like it. Outside of the food, we focused most of the rest of our budget on floral. We didn't have, we had an iPod hookup for music. We had a limited bar. We just had four alcoholic beverages available. And we did a water station instead of bottled water. We did cupcakes and a smash cake that we could cut instead of the tiered cake. So that saved a lot of money. Um, we had the outside photographer, which saved money. We didn't really want a lot of extras. So a lot of it went to decor and the food that was kind of our main focus. Okay. And do you have any recommendations of vegan menu items that you really liked? Yeah, we for the pre-reception, we did samosas with mango chutney, which are the same ones you can find around the parks, most notably in Animal Kingdom. They have them in a couple different places. They made us an arepa, which is a little cornmeal cake with spicy tofu on top, which was, I think, they had veganized maybe a pork version of that, something like that. And um, we did a beet salad and a watermelon salad. They're able to make vegan Mickey waffles. So we had those and they came up with a coconut whipped cream for those, which was awesome. They did a pasta with a bunch of vegetables that I think originally had sausage in it, but he put in um, some extra vegetables and I think white beans. And then he was originally going to do a lentil stew with potatoes, but then we went to Skipper Canteen and um, this was in May. They've since changed the menu, but they had a lentil, like a curried lentil stew that was vegan. And we called our planner the next day and we were like, can he do the crew stew at, at Skipper Canteen? So he came up with something similar, but it was a lot creamier and different veggies. And that was the big hit at the wedding. We didn't taste it at our tasting. We just told him to go for it. And everybody who tried that was like, that was the best thing we've ever had. So yeah, th so that was really exciting. I was so pleased with that. That's great. What ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? I think one of the things that I remember most clearly, which is funny because for the ceremony, I don't remember a lot of the ceremony at all. It went by so fast. But one of the things that sticks out in my mind is walking down the aisle and there being sort of a tunnel of people standing on either side and Michael standing at the end. And it was just really cool to be like, oh, this is our wedding. This is this is happening. And Michael looks kind of nervous, but also really excited. And this is adorable. And, you know, I can't wait for this to happen. So that was my favorite memory of the day. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? We had a little snag when the, the whole of the Yacht Club lost power. <gasps> there had been a schedule outage, which was only supposed to affect some of the rooms. And it wound up knocking out power to the whole resort, including the common areas. So we didn't have any power outside, so we could not set up our iPod for music during the reception. Mm. 
it wound up not being a big deal at all because there's a lot of ambient noise anyway. You have the water and the friendship boats and people just walking through and our guests were chatting with each other anyway. They got power back maybe with like an hour left in our reception. So we did have music when we cut the cake and then for a little while afterwards. And that was fine. But I think if we didn't have music at all, it would not have been a big deal. That was the only thing that happened. And it was fine. Okay, that's great to know. Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? I would have done a little bit of planning for what we were going to do with everything after the wedding. I knew from your podcasts and talking to other brides that we shouldn't check out the same day as our wedding. We spent the night at the Yacht Club the night before the wedding and the night of the wedding. But the next day, we had planned on doing something with my dad in Epcot in the morning and I had bought tickets to Behind the Seeds, so we had a certain time where we had to be over there. And I had all of our cupcakes and my bouquet in the room, and we didn't make a plan for what to do with that stuff. So we wound up leaving like three and a half dozen cupcakes and my bouquet in the room with a note on it for housekeeping being like, please eat these cupcakes (laughs) because we don't know what to do with them. And you know, we couldn't put them in the car because they would have melted. And I didn't have time to run down to the front desk and ask if they could take it over to Riverside because we were moving from Yacht Club to Port Orleans Riverside. What I should have done in hindsight was given them to some friends or my mom who was staying over there and said, you know, take these with you the day of the wedding and we'll get them tomorrow. But It just was something I hadn't even thought about, and I do wish I had kind of planned for what to do with all of our stuff following the wedding. I I planned up to the wedding and then forgot about afterwards. (laughs) Well, that's pretty (laughs) natural. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Another thing you could do if you're a member of any of the Facebook bridal groups for Disney weddings is put out a Twilight Bark message that you have free cupcakes, and I'm sure people will show up. (laughs) Yeah. So then do you have any tips or advice for future Disney brides and grooms? I think absolutely pick up the Passporters book, especially the ebook. The tax calculations and the service charge calculations were so helpful to me because you can read about it being 23% and say, well, that's about a quarter of my budget. But when you see the actual number, it's so much easier, at least for me, to, to have budgeted it and been expecting you know, knowing what to expect with it. I listened to all the episodes of the podcast. I would recommend joining one of the Disney Brides Facebook groups. The past brides were so helpful in giving advice and ways to cut down on our BEO so that we could stay as close to the minimums as possible. They have a lot of knowledge that, you know, should be utilized. Okay, great tips. Is there any place online where my listeners can go to read about or see photos of your day? I have a few photos on my personal Facebook page and on the Diz Brides Facebook group. Okay, great. And I will put those in a slideshow in your post on DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Okay. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I think you've offered a lot of great tips for anyone planning a Wishes event at Walt Disney World. And I appreciate your taking the time. Thank you for having me. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. 
You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com. <laughs>